worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. The Week That Was with Joe Palmisano. All right, let's start out with controversy. You need a valid ID to get wood, but you don't need one to vote. Really? It is the last day of February, the 29th, 2020. And if this were a normal year, a normal year, I would be saying right now, it is March 1st, 2020. But alas, this is a leap year, and today is a leap day. So let's leap into another show as we jump into some important topics and pounce into another show. We are bound to have some springy topics as we surge into March. Okay, I believe I've exhausted every single leap synonym possible. How long have you had that thesaurus that you used for that? Uh, I I actually came up with those myself, but it was... What's know, the... I mean, springy, pounce, jump. I could do that. It's the Palmasano. I don't need thesaurus. That's, is that a dinosaur? It is. <clears throat> thesaurus Rex? Yeah. Anyway. Great, he's great at BSing. <laughs> it's me. Welcome to the week that was. Uh, we have put together a great show for you today with some great guests, some topics, everything but politics. We're going to give politics a break for a week because we're going to see how South Carolina turns out. We're going to see if anybody can stop the Bernie train. The Bernie train. So we'll, we'll avoid that. We are, um, but first, let's look at what happened on this day in history. In 1288, 1288, Scotland established this day. I guess you had to do this. You had to really establish this back then. But you, they established this day as one when a woman could propose marriage to a man on this day. Only this day she was allowed to do it. And in the event that he refused the proposal, he was required to pay a fine. Pretty amazing. In 1940, on this date, Hattie McDaniel, people don't know her name, she, was, she became the first African American to win an Oscar. In 1940, she won Best Supporting Actress Award for her role in Gone with the Wind. And on this date in 2012, Monkeys singer Davy Jones died. 
on this date in 2012. Hey, hey. Uh, one week and 40 years ago, on February 22nd, 1980, a group of kids from across the U.S. did more than defeat the Soviet Union, the mighty Soviet Union, in the medal round of the Olympics. They raised the spirits of each citizen of this country and the country itself from defeat, from self-doubts, to victory and elation. The Soviet hockey team was made up of veterans, professionals, with years and years of experience together. They had won five of six previous Olympic gold medals and were considered invincible. The American team with college athletes who had just come together months earlier went against them. The team and each individual showed us that sheer will, determination, and hard work can overcome all obstacles. They uplifted the entire country. The captain of that team and the man who happened to score the winning goal in that game, Mike Ruzioni is going to be on with us live today at 9 o'clock. Live from Massachusetts, Mike Aruzioni, the captain of the 1980 Olympic gold medal team. It is also open enrollment time for Medicare again, and I know that many of you are being bombarded with mail, calls, offering this and that, this solution, that solution. What is right for you? Well, Stacy King, our certified Medicare advisor with Boast Benefits, will be with us again today to answer all your questions. I want to try, this is 10 o'clock, Stacy will be here, and I want to try to just open it up to you. You can call in, ask Stacy a question. If you're Going into that open enrollment and you're looking what's best or did I make the right decision or am I going to make the right decision, there's no one better than Stacy King as far as give you that advice. So you have questions, get your questions ready for 10 o'clock. I want to take time today. This is very important to me. This is personal. I want to take time today to pay tribute to a very, very special young lady and her family. You know, with all that goes on and all the busyness of a week, things that go on in a typical week, there are, every once in a while, there are certain events that just make you stop, make everything stop, freeze. All the noises go silent, and we're just kind of floored. And we just reflect on life, on love, and mortality. There was one of these moments for me on Wednesday. And I would like to share my thoughts with you today and pay tribute to a very special young lady and her family. And we'll do that sometime today. We will have more stories, as time permits, obviously, plus John Bazico with the sports. We're going to have news with Jim Michaels. 
We're going to have our trifecta contest. It's a good one. Honest. Oh, that's the monkeys. Is that Davy Jones? Serenade the weekend squire just came out to mow his lawn. Another pleasant valley Sunday. Mickey Dolan's. And our trifecta contest, all again, under the able direction and music impresario, Stephen Potter. Stay tuned. Okay, it is our contest time. This is a Leap Day-themed trifecta contest. You could win, and this is a great prize, at the KSU Tusk Performing Arts Center uh, the play Finding Neverland. I think it's a musical, right? I don't know. Finding Neverland, but it's a play, and you'll get a pair of tickets. One pair of tickets, a great place to go for an evening, for a night out, for a date. Uh, it's at the KSU Performing Arts Center. Uh, and tickets will be at the will call window, so you don't have to come in and pick them up. You just go to the will call window and get them. This is Tuesday, March 10th uh, at 7.30. It would be March 11th if it wasn't Leap Day, but it's March 10th. So here are your answers for today. Number one, Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar. He invented that orange juice drink. Salad. No, the orange Julius. Julius Caesar. Number two, March 1st. March 1st. Number three, 2024. So Julius Caesar, March 1st, 2024. Those are your three answers. Later on the show, I'll give you the questions. If you match them up, you will win. Julius Caesar, March 1st. 2024. That's the date that Al Pacino is set to star as Julius Caesar on Broadway. Hail Caesar. <laughs> it's not actually true. I know. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Like, uh, I ever tell anything that's true uh, on the show. Oh, yes, you do. You tell, you give a lot of truths. Sometimes. Come on. <laughs> All right. Here's some of the headlines with this coronavirus. This is unbelievable. Uh, Don't drink Corona. Well, I'm going to talk about that, too. <laughs> the uh, Pope cancels more events because he is under the weather, uh, and Italy is just in lockdown. Uh, it is, it is, this virus is raging through Italy, but not Sicily, because Sicily's a special place. It's God's country. They're a little bit smarter there. Oh, thank you. Uh, a dog test positive for coronavirus. This is another headline. Pets face quarantine. Mexico confirms first cases. Swiss government bans all events over a 1,000 people. Could hit 80% of the Brits in worst-case scenario. This was... It infects Iranian vice president and kills ambassador to Vatican. 14% of patients who recover 
test positive again. These are some of the headlines. Israel says it will have a vaccine in weeks. Of course, Israel will be the one to do it. Um, it goes on. Uh, there will be many more infected residents near mystery case worry and wonder. There's a mystery case that they don't know how this person got it because they don't know how she was exposed. The FDA reports first drug shortage, toilet paper rationing in Hawaii, masks sold out. Uh, how daily life could change. This is the, they start getting into this. Schools may close, which are already doing, one in Oregon. International travelers at JFK appalled by lack of screening. Family kicked off flight over coughing daughter. Whistleblower feds help evacuees lack protection. CDC ominous scenario healthcare system overwhelmed. Outbreak bigger, spreads to 60 countries, hits megacity Lagos, risk upgraded, and how it's affecting the stock market. They say that many international airports are near empty. Flights, it's affecting the economy because people aren't flying, people aren't traveling, they're not going out, they're buying. Stock market has lost bigger, and this, I I hate this, is lost bigger than, I think it has since the Great Recession, or the recession in 2008. It's because the economy has come to a standstill. Everybody's scared. The world economy. We're tied to the world now. And that's how it is. And also, Corona beer. It's affecting Corona. I swear, Stephen, it's affecting Now, how in the world would you think that this... They said as soon as the coronavirus came out, there was a huge spike in Google searches for Corona beer because people thought there was a connection between the virus and Corona beer. That is stupid, kind of. I mean, let's just say it, call it like it is. So now it's actually dropped in sales dramatically. People aren't buying Corona beer now. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You know, I, I <laughs> it's just a sign of, of where we're at that people aren't willing to, like, look further into that. Like, I mean, like, why, why would you assume that the Corona beer has anything to do? Like, why would you assume that a company is going to sell you the coronavirus? Like that's essentially what people are what thinking. What if we turn out? What if it turns out we did? What if it turns out that? Ooh, it's a conspiracy. Let's put a virus in. Corona. And the only way that you can stop the virus is by putting the lime in the corona. It's a hell of a marketing ploy. Oh my gosh! So there's a little trace amount of the coronavirus, but the lime kills it. It does. And if you put the lime in the coconut. And, and shake it all up. <laughs> shake it all up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's so true. Hey, I've got um, 
I've got important sports stories I want to talk about. I actually have a story that... Um, no, no, I do. Well, I wanted to talk to you about something. Okay, go on. Well, what? It's it's a sports story that, that kind of dabbles into politics a little bit. Oh, I said I didn't want to get into It's politics. not like that. It's like it's just like the ridiculousness of it, and I want to get your opinion on it. Does this have to do with the hockey team? It has to do with Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks? Yeah. Garth Brooks. We'll talk. I'll, I'll tell Ooh, you. Oh, this is intriguing. It is. We'll leave it at that. We'll let people try and figure out what Garth Brooks and politics has to do with sports. The outrage. No, I'm not outraged. I'm intrigued. Stay tuned. We'll find out together what John Bazika has in store for us. You know, I was thinking, Jim Michaels has that kind of voice where he could say, the roof is going to fall in on you. <laughs> and you would go, ah, oh, that's great. You're like, wow, what a great thing that's going to happen right now. <laughs> He's got that kind of voice. Let's look for it, everyone. <laughs> it just, no matter what he says, I was it's wa- like, oh, that's good. I was watching a clip with uh, Frank Caliendo, and he was doing uh, an impression of um, Chris Berman. And he said that Chris Berman wants you to think that everything is calm regardless of what happens. Like That's he, Jim Michaels. Like he could come on and Chris Berman could be like, I know that the studio is on fire behind me, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, and That's he, pretty good. And he just like keeps going about that. It's, it's really funny. It always makes me laugh. All right. So you've kept me in suspense for about five minutes now. What is a deal with Garth Brooks Politics and sports, John. So Garth Brooks was, I believe he played a concert in Detroit. Okay. And after the concert on his Instagram, and he posted this on Facebook too, he took a picture of himself wearing a Barry Sanders jersey. Okay. And it said, Sanders 20 from the backside. If you saw that, you would just think, oh, just played a concert in Detroit. Barry Sanders, one of the greatest NFL running backs of all time. Cool story, you know? Tons of people have commented on this picture believing that it is his support for Bernie Sanders. I'm not even lying. And yesterday on Twitter, the Lions posted, like, a photo of Barry Sanders that he should run for president now. Yeah. And then they took it a step further, and Barry Sanders actually retweeted it and said, "Yeah, does Garth Brooks want to be my running mate?" But it it just it. Yes, I know what you're saying. It upset me because it's like there was no ulterior motive to what was happening here, and and I don't know. I mean, it just seems like people are looking to politicize things. Everything. Thank you. Everything. And and. A lot of times, I mean, I, I feel like I'm probably guilty of it myself, but this was one that I'm just like, look, like we all know that he had no intention of that. I mean, maybe he did. I don't know. And yeah, who who cares? But why does it matter? Yeah, but likely, likely he didn't. But well, but even if he did, he didn't come out and 
endorse him. No. Um, let, let's go a step further, and I'm, we're going to talk to Mike Aruzioni. I'm, I'm going to ask him later in the interview if he wants to discuss this. If he doesn't, I don't want to get into it. But they nine of the last week was the 40th anniversary mm-hmm. of the Miracle on Ice. President Trump had a huge rally in in Las Vegas last week, mm-hmm. Friday, <clears throat> before the end. He had nine of the players, nine of the hockey players, on that team, including Mike Ruzioni, on the stage with him. Now, as as Mike puts it, the campaign manager came out and gave them all hats, and they didn't even think about it. They all put the hats on. They were the MAGA hats. Sure. And so he had them on and talked about the event and what a great event it was and what a great part of history that was and the whole thing. Well, suddenly they're getting ripped, ripped on media. Um, it's, a, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, Mike said, if I'd have known, you know, they just came out, We they gave us the hats, we put the hats on, uh, weren't trying to be political, didn't even think about it, um, and and now they're just getting destroyed. Uh, and, and it's wrong. I mean, it's wrong. It's wrong in two things. It's wrong that the campaign manager did that. And, and turned it into a political event. And two, that these men are being ripped now, I mean, just abused for doing it, for being there, for showing up. And it was supposed to be an event that was honoring them. Yeah, and it, and it became something different then. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. I, I'm If he comments on that, I'd be interested to hear what he had to say. And, and he may. Uh, I'm going to give him that opportunity, but I'm also going to give him an out to not talk about that because there are more important things to talk about with Mike Ruzioni, like the game that they won. Yeah, duh, <laughs> and his life and things like that. Um, here's another one. I want to get your opinion on it. Sure. Sydney City Schools. Uh, there's a young lady named Josie Davis, who is the first state championship girls wrestler in the weight class of 126 pounds she won from the school. Now, granted, this was not an OHSAA-sponsored event because there's not enough schools yet to have women wrestling. This was put on by the Ohio Coaches Association. Okay. All right? She won the event, and she won the state championship. But the school is saying... We're not going to hang a banner because this wasn't an OHSAA-sponsored event. Now, I'm thinking to myself, what's the harm in hanging a banner? You could say it was the Ohio High School Coaches Association State Championship. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't, look, it doesn't have to be OHSAA-sanctioned to recognize when somebody does something great. Bingo. Like, I mean, if you achieve a state championship in the setting that you have at that point, in the rules that you have at that point, like, that's like saying, well, 
The Indians won a World Series in 1920, but baseball was different. Like, yeah. like they still hang a banner for it. Now, if she didn't wrestle anybody, that would be another thing. If they didn't have enough wrestlers. But, but she did. But she did. Yeah, and she, she won. She won. So, I don't think this is a big deal. Um, to me, they're blown, They're making it a big deal by the superintendent says he's he's working on a plan to recognize her. She's a freshman, by the way. Um, working on a plan to recognize her. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Why does it have to be that difficult? I know. Hang a banner. She won. Hang and, a banner. Make a sign. Put it on the 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 sign as people are coming into town. Do something. Thank you. I mean, there you don't have to. Not everything has to be so complicated. Thank you. I mean, Thank you. There's an easier way to go about that. She she's only a freshman. She won. I saw the wrestling match. She's good. She's really good. Um, but this is what's good. You know, it made the news, and it's like this isn't this a no brainer. You know, and if anybody wants to get upset about it, too bad. But hang a banner. She deserves it. She won it. Yeah. She she won it on the mat. You know, it's funny. I, I I've been thinking this a lot recently that. Not even just politics, not even just things in general in the world anymore. We have been finding reasons to get mad about things. You are you are wise beyond your years, like John just Bazzica. things that, that things that are so small and so silly. Like you know, recently, and, and this is something that's bothering me. When I drive anymore, and like. I'm going too slow, or I'm going too fast, or I'm doing something that other people don't like. The reactions from people anymore. Yeah, like there's just there's no there's no common courtesy. Civility. Yeah, it's just it's like you know, and I mean like I, I I'm noticing it more and more. I'm yeah. seeing it in like that we have to find issues and things. Like there was a post on Twitter of a team uh, west of here that ran stall ball in basketball. They just held the ball for five minutes. And they finally scored, and it was 6-4 to four at the half, and people were saying, that coach should be fired. This should be the case. That should be the case. They That should be outlawed from basketball. They should have a shot clock. Who cares? If the team wins and the kids are happy, why does it matter? Yeah. If you win a district championship by a score of 3-2 to two because you held the ball the whole game, all the power to you. It's in the rules. You can do it. Yes. Thank you. If you couldn't do it, then do something about it. If you don't want it, I mean, I know that you can complain to the OHSA, but all that matters is if the kids are happy with the results. And, and you know, I mean, it, we can't do anything now without some kind of a label to it, some kind of putting it in a category, getting angry about it. We can't do, this is my pet, we don't, John, we don't talk anymore. We don't talk in even that song. Anyway, you don't send I, me flowers anymore either. Well, <laughs> I, I think it's why I don't listen to sports talk though anymore. Well, because I've I've gotten to a point to where it's like I don't like I I honestly don't care. I mean, like, well, but here's what you need to do: you need to get off social media. Tell I'm telling you, it is the most freeing thing that I have ever done. Is get off, and I know it's hard for you because you're in the media and you're doing that, and and that's part of it. And but social media is worse than 
anything because it it it, it just puts you into the middle of all the junk and everybody's opinion. And if if you said to people, don't contact me on social media. If you want to talk to me, meet me face to face and let's talk. Well, that's I, what I tell people. Well, I think that's why I'm bothered by it because the the circle that Allie and I hang out with and, and Allie and I, we, you know, if there's something that we want to talk about, we just we talk about it. Yeah. You know, we don't we don't hold back on it. If it's right. politics, we talk about it. Right. If it's sports, we talk about it. And you talk about it with mutual respect. Yes. Thank you. I mean, it's because, you know, I mean, but you can't have mutual respect on social media. You cannot. I'm I'm a firm believer in you cannot because too many people get involved in a conversation. And you never know where it's going to go. Half hour from when you start that conversation, you are off on a completely different track and people are calling you names. Well, and this is actually something that, that Allie and I have discussed about the the current political thing with the Democrats is that we want to support the Democratic candidate because that's, that's what we align with. But we also don't want people to shove it down our throat that we should support one person over the other. Like, if we have beliefs that we like a certain person, like, we have that right to like that certain person now. You mark my words, and I, I wasn't going to get into this, but there will be violence this year. If Bernie is not the nominee, there will be violence. If Bernie is the nominee, there will be violence. Well, and that's the thing that, that we've said is that I have no problem in supporting Bernie Sanders. I don't. But I have a problem in some of the people that do support him. Mm. Because it's like everything is like, oh, you know, he, he's always right. He's always, you know, everything he says is right. Well, other candidates have great ideas, too. Yeah. There's a lot of candidates on that stage. And, you know, just because I don't align with that right now, and that's going to, that's going to affect the party. I'm going, to tell you, I'm going to tell you this. There, there will be a movement by the... And I didn't want to get into politics, but there will be a movement by the Democratic Party elites to eliminate him, to figure out a way, either a brokered convention or something, so that he is not the nominee. They're panicking right now, just like the Republicans were panicking. And here's here's the one thing I want to get into. People are fed up with the party system, the two-party system. So you have Donald Trump, who was the Mm anti-establishment. Now you have Bernie Sanders on the Democratic side, who is the anti-establishment, an independent. Mm -hmm. It is a sign, it is a symptom that people are tired of the same old, same old two-party system that gives you the same candidates every year. And that's why you're seeing this happen. It's because I think you've gotten less and less people now that align with one way on everything or one way on another thing. They were all the same up until now. They were all the same. You were going to get the Bushes. You were going to get the Clintons. You were going to get people like the Clintons, people like the Bushes. You were going to get those people. Those were always the Mitt Romneys, the Jeb Bushes, 
the Clinton. Well, and on the Democratic side now, you see a Joe Biden who's been in it for. And he's know, not doing anything. He's not doing well at all. But no, guys, he actually said the other day, "Thank you for I'm I I thank you. I'm running for Senate." He said at one of his rallies, "I was like, what?" But people that are doing well are people like Pete Buttigieg, who's a bit different. Yes. People like Bernie Sanders, who's a bit different. A lot different. Elizabeth Warren, who's different. A lot different. You know, and, and that's that's interesting. It is. Yeah, people but that's what I'm saying. People Pete, don't want the, the, the old party line. That's what they, they don't want that yes. anymore. It's time for another party. It's time for independence. But unfortunately, the money and the power comes with being part of a party, either Republican or Democrat. So the American people are saying, okay, we're stuck with this two-party system. There's nothing we could do about it, but we're going to vote for the extreme on either party. We're going to show you. We're going we're to take back our independence by voting for the extreme. And that's what's happening in America. And they're getting angry about it, too, and brings full circle back to our conversation that the anger may not be so much between parties as the as the establishment that's being forced down people's throat by the two party system. That may be causing the anger. It's interesting. I think it's because people are becoming smarter too, honestly, at times. And and people are reading more, people are learning more. That may be true. And I hope you're right with that. I hope you're. I think right. that's some of it, and I also think there's other parts of it. I, I think it's a, the, you could write a doctoral thesis about this that would be like thousands of pages long because it is a societal thing that you could interview so many people, you go down so many different avenues. It would be fascinating to do a study on that. Yep, you got me in the politics, John. You, I, 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 I keep trying to get out. You keep dragging me back in. Sorry, Al Pacino. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Do do we have? Oh, we have to take a break. Are we going to have time to, a little bit to play that? Oh, let's try it. Let's take a break real quick and then prepare for our nine o'clock interview. Now Petrov controls back to Harlemov, skating in on the left side into the American end. Fifty-five seconds, but Mikhailov has the puck. Mikhailov sweeping in out in front. Backhander goes wide. day that was what a night that was one week and 40 years ago on february 22nd 1980 a group of kids from across the u.s did more than defeat the mighty soviet union in hockey 
They raised the spirits of each citizen of this country at a time when we needed it most, if anybody recalls that time, and the country itself from defeat, from self-doubt. That one game raised the self-esteem of of the United States that needed it so badly and took defeat and self-doubts to victory and elation. The man who scored the winning goal in that game, Michael Ruzioni, he was also captain of the American team, uh, will join us live when we come back from the news and sports. He is in Massachusetts, lives outside of Boston. Michael Ruzioni, captain of the American team in 1980 that won the gold medal and defeated the Soviet Union. Live when we come back. You know, before we went to break, I played the sound of that night, February 22nd, 1980. One week and 40 years ago, a group of kids from across the U.S. did more than defeat the mighty Soviet Union in the medal round of the Olympics. They raised the spirits of each citizen of this country. And the country itself, during that time, from defeat and self-doubts to victory and elation, the captain of that team, the man who happened to score the winning goal in that game, Mike Aruzioni, is with us. And, Mike, I can't thank you enough for taking time. I know you've been so busy the last couple of weeks and everything and taking the time to be with me this morning. Oh, Joe, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. Mike, you, you were born in an Italian family, to an Italian family in Winthrop, Mass., you grew up in a, a middle-class home, kind of a melting pot with many family members living uh, in one home. I, I understand this as my upbringing was kind of similar to that, but how did this upbringing prepare you for what was to come in your life? Well, I, I guess you never know what's going to happen in your life, but I guess when you, when you look back on it, I, I think the, the home that I grew up in, the environment I grew up in, taught me a lot about hard work and determination and um, you know, growing being a big family, you learned a lot about responsibility. You learned a lot, a lot about uh, uh, taking care of one another. Um, you know, it's a very competitive house. You know, three three family house, all cousins living in it. Yeah. Um, we were always playing sports. We were always doing something, competing against each other. But I think the biggest thing was responsibility and and, and hard work. As you know, my dad worked three jobs. I, I saw him take care of six kids, and uh, you know, my mom took care of. of stayed home and took care of six kids. So you, you learn a lot about life by just, you know, being in that environment. Yeah. Now, your coach at Boston University, Mike, called you the Pete Rose, called you Pete Rose on skates. <laughs> Why did he call you that? Well, I guess, you know, he always said I used to hustle all the time. And, you know, hustle's a word that was uh, kind of thrown around back in the 50s and 60s. You, you don't you don't hear that anymore today. You don't, you know, hear a coach telling you that an athlete hustles a lot. But that's true. Uh, you know, I think it was a word that was that was around then. And uh, you know, I was somebody. I guess hustle today would be somebody who's always working hard and who's always out there giving his best. Were you, were you the always the best skater, the best hockey player, or are you just a guy that just took your game to a whole nother level as far as just desire? Yeah, I don't know if I had. You know, I, I probably wasn't always the best skater, but I could. You know, it's not. It's not like I couldn't skate. It's not like I couldn't play. Right. Um, I just. I think I was a well-rounded player that uh, just had a lot of different skills and did a lot of different things. And 
uh, you know, when you when you put all of that together with the commitment to work hard, and uh, I think it all kind of kind of falls into place. Yeah. Now, we're we're talking with Michael Ruzioni, captain of the 1980 gold medal Olympic hockey team. But I I, I wanted to ask you this: You knew, or did you guys know? that the 1980 Olympics almost didn't happen. Were you aware of that at the time? Did it, did it scare you a little bit? Yeah, we were, you know, first of all, we were very upset that the, the Summer Olympics weren't going to happen. You know, all these athletes that trained for years, four years, eight years, ten years, maybe even longer, uh, weren't going to get a chance to go to the Summer Games. Uh, so, we, yeah, we were concerned that uh, President Carter was going to boycott the, the, the Games in Lake Placid and maybe not have them happen. Uh, but the thing was, I think for us, it was the fact that the games were in, in, in Lake Placid and already been established, and there was no backing out at that point. But I felt bad for the summer athletes who weren't going, I believe it was, to Moscow. Yes, yes. Now, was there a tryout for the 1980 Olympic team? Were there invitations? Did you have to actually try out? Yes. Uh, they, they, they had invitations. I think there were 68 of us or 60-some-odd players. Um, got invited to Colorado Springs, and in those years there was a thing called the Olympic Festival, and they had a variety of sports. It was almost like a mini Olympics, but it was just U.S. athletes competing against U.S. athletes, um, and all like I said, all kinds of sports. And uh, that's where the, the hockey team was selected. We were in Colorado Springs, and we competed against each other over a two-week period of time. Uh, and then Herb Brooks evaluated the players that were at the camp, and from there he selected 26 of us. Now, he, Mike, he, inv- he kind of, uh, he selected people that had a certain chemistry, too. Not necessarily the best hockey players, but the best, the, the team that he thought would fit together personality-wise, didn't he? Well, I think there was a little of both. Uh, you know, our, our people always said uh, Herb didn't take the, the, the best players, he took the right players. But I think if you look back on that team, I think we were both. I think we were the best players, and we were the right players. Uh, you know, NHL pro players couldn't play in the Olympics in 1980, but I don't think they made. There might have been one or two at best Americans playing in the National Hockey League then. So the you know, the players that were available were the college players or the players like myself who were still amateurs um, that could could play. So I I still think the best players were on that ice. Yeah. Now ex- explain the group of young men that you were part of. And when you started, when he selected the 26 of you, what were your initial expectations as a team? Well, we didn't know early. Obviously, you know, you get together, you're training for six months, you're playing 60-some-odd games. Uh, So I think as the the season started moving along, we started to realize we had a pretty good hockey team. We didn't didn't know how good we were going to be until we got to the Olympic Games, and that's where you're judged. Um, you know, we played a lot of college teams. We played a bunch of minor league teams and pretty much beat almost everybody we were playing. But, you know, the Olympics brings a whole different uh, a different skill set, a whole different kind of team that you're playing against. But, uh, you know, going to the Olympic Games, we, we thought we had a chance to win a medal. Uh, we didn't know what that medal would be. But, you know, as I've always told people over the years, if you, if you think you're going to lose, you probably will. Yeah. If you, you know, if you think you're going to fail, you probably will. And, you know, we went in the, with the games, into the games with our eyes wide open, thinking let's let's play and let's see what happens. And as the games kept moving along, we kept gaining more confidence and playing really well. And uh, you know, when the smoke cleared at the end, we we won it all. Yeah. Now a lot of people don't realize that that 
They think the Russia, the game against the Soviet Union was the gold medal, but you had another one to win after that. But I, I want to ask you, was there one game or one point during the Olympics that it kind of clicked for you guys and you said, we could do this? Or did well, it just I, yeah, happen over time? No, I, I, just, I think it kind of happened over time. And, you know, once we got to the medal round, um, which was our goal, get to the medal round. Now you get to the medal round, you have two games to play. Uh, and, and you, you know, I don't want to make it cliche-ish, cliche-ish, but it was one game at a time. And, and, you know, we got to the medal round, that was our goal. Now we get one game to play. And that one game was against the Soviets, and we beat them, and now we have one game to play. And let's go out and take care of business and, and play Finland. So we were never looking too far ahead. We were always looking at the next challenge, the next game, the next period, the next shift that you're taking. Uh, you know, you can't get too far ahead of yourself. So, you know, we, we just can't kind of run about our uh, and, and, did, and did our business. Can you remember your thoughts and what was going on in the locker room? Because I, I remember certain times. I remember as an, as an athlete, as a college football player, those things like that. There's certain times when I remember. But you, you've got to be able to remember your thoughts and the team's thoughts in the locker room before you went out to play the Soviet Union. Do you remember that? Well, I, I think you remembered uh, like any big game that you played, whether it was, I hate to put it in simple terms, but whether it's high school or college, uh, it's still a game. Uh, it's still a game of hockey that you've played in your whole life. And you, and you can't make make it out to be too big a game because if you do that, now all of a sudden things start to change. You start to do things differently. You react differently. Uh you know, I've always approached things. First of all, you can't get too high. You can't get too excited because if you do that, you're going to run around and make mistakes, and, and you can't be too low because then you're not prepared and you're going to get, you know, you're going to get beat because you're not ready. So I, I've always approached things at, at an even keel and go into the game understanding it's an important game. You realize that, you know that. You're, you're nervous, you're excited, you're anxious, you're curious, uh, but you got to go out there and still play the game that you've been playing basically your whole life. So I think. Herb had us prepared. We knew how we were going to play. We knew what we needed to do. Uh, and the game basically went the way we needed it to go. Uh, it was, a, you know, one goal game back and forth. You know, if we got behind two or three goals, then we probably would have been in big trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the Soviets scored five goals, we weren't scoring six. So so the game went the way we needed it to go. And, uh, you know, you might remember, not remember, but Herb said it thousands of times throughout the games. Play your game. Play your game. Yeah. We, we were never concerned about what other teams were doing. We needed to do what we needed to do and play the way we had been playing uh, in order to win, and, and we stayed true to that form. And we're talking with Michael Ruzioni, captain of the 1980 Olympic hockey gold medal team. And I, uh, how did this how did this experience change you, Mike? How did it over the period of time from when you arrived to when you won the gold medal? What kind of things did you learn? How did it affect the rest of your life? Um, well, I, I don't know if I learned anything differently. I went into the Olympic Games as Mike Ruzioni, and I came out as, as Mike Ruzioni. Uh, the mm-hmm. only thing that probably changed is, you know, all of a sudden people know who you are. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it was important. I don't, I don't think an athletic event should change who you are. I don't think it should change. You know, it changes you in other ways. Um you know, I've been able to travel around this country and meet so many great people and, and see so many great things. Um, but I still live, in, you know, in the hometown, hometown I grew up in. I, uh, my wife is someone I've been with for 
heck, since she was 16. Uh, my friends and my friends, they've been my friends for 65 years. Uh, so um, it, it's altered a lot of different things in my life. You know, financially, things are good. I've, I've been very busy. I've, I've, you know, I've made some decent money. Uh, but the important thing is to stay who you are and, and true to who you are. So I, I, I'm the same guy, but uh, the difference is people, more people know me now than would have. Yeah, and that, and that's really interesting because I was going to ask that question about uh, too often athletes, great athletes, even college athletes, have a hard time moving past that time, and it kind of consumes them. But you sound like you have really kept a perspective, and okay, this is the event, this is what happened, but I'm still Mike Ruzioni, and I want people to know me for that and not for this. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was very happy with who I was uh, before. So, you know, why, why do something different and change your life? You know, there's a lot of things that have happened in my life over uh, 40 years that, that have been absolutely incredible. And, and there's been some events that, you know, that haven't been incredible. But that's life for everybody in general. That's, yeah. that's how life is, not... Not every day is a great day, right? Sometimes things don't, uh, you know, sometimes you have a bad day or things don't go the way you want them to go. And, and you have to understand that, it, you know, just make sure you don't have a lot of those days. So that's kind of how I look at things. You know, I, I got five little grandkids now and oh, all, wow. actually, uh, all five will be over the house today. Uh, my, my son's coming up from Connecticut with his, with uh, his three-year-old son and seven-month-old daughter and, my daughter has three boys that live down the street, so we're going to have a nice little celebration lunch uh, with with them today as they as they all get together. We don't get all the grandkids together every day, so this will be a fun day today. I'm looking forward to it. And and, this, and you got a special event, I think, tonight, right? Yes, uh, Boston University uh, is bringing back the four of us: Jim Craig, Dave Silk, Jack O'Callaghan, and all four of us played at Boston University together. Uh, obviously, all four of us played in the Olympic team, so. Um, Jim, Dave, and Jack uh, are coming back to Boston. Uh, this will be the first time the, 40, the four of us had been on campus in, in 40 years. Wow. Uh, although Silk, Silk lives in Boston, and I see Dave quite a bit, but Jack and Jimmy uh, haven't been back to campus in quite a bit. So uh, they're going to honor us tonight. And, and of all games, Boston College, that's our huge rivalry. So it'll be a big game for BU and BC, and uh, they're going to honor us tonight tonight. Uh, I think at the start of the game, so that'll be fun. Yeah, that's that is that is great, and your whole family's going to be there, I assume. Everybody but the grandkids, because <laughs> I didn't want to chase chase them around the rink. They just thought, <laughs> leave, leave, leave that at them at home. But my my uh, daughter and two sons will be here, and Jim's uh, I think Jim's son, Jack's son, and uh, one uh, one of Dave Silk's daughters. So it'll, it'll be it'll be a fun event. Uh, be a lot of a lot of uh, alumni there as well. I want to ask you one thing. You talked about the neighborhood you grew up in the same you live in the same neighborhood you grew up in and everything and the kids live around your some of your is your neighborhood the same as it was back oh no no it's it's very very different uh, uh and not not in a bad way it's just more diverse now yeah. um you know when i when i was a kid the winter was predominantly a uh kind of a italian uh a jewish blend of irish in it uh, and and now it's just tra- changed. Is you know, like like all towns and cities have changed. Diversity is is in my community, and it's great. You see a lot of different people from different backgrounds, different religions. Uh, but it's still a quaint little town. It's only one square mile. Uh, there's only I think eighteen thousand people that live here. Um, but uh, you know, like 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 again, most little cities and towns, the 
uh, it's diversified over the years, but it's still a great little place to live. That's great. I, I want to ask you one more question, and I and you could answer it. You could get into this if you want to, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to, to if you wanted to, to address um, the the kind of a controversy, I guess that you know. It, yeah. You, we were talking about this, Jim. You can't please everyone, and it's so hard today. Everybody wants to picket things. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm, Joe, you know, I've, I've been answering, I've been asked this question. And, then don't. Um, no, no, I'll just, I'll tell you. The easiest thing is to not get into it, because if you say something, somebody's going to respond back. <laughs> I, I know what I stand for. I know what my teammates stand for. I know what we're all about. We love this country. Um, we, we're proud to have represented this country. And if people want to look at us in a different way, see, that's what makes this country so great. Everybody can have an opinion and a feeling, but I know what our team stands for, and I know what type of people we are. So uh, think what you want, but uh, I'm not going to get into it. It, it. It's a waste of my time talking about that's it. That's great. I, I, you know, and I wanted, to, I wanted to throw that out because I didn't know if you wanted to address it, and that's, that's absolutely fine. Mike, what, what's, what's going on? I, the, the last question I have then is, What's going on with your life since then? What is you know you've 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 just lived your life, I guess. Yeah, no, I, life life's great. I've got a lot of things. I'm next week. I'm going to be traveling. Uh, I'm going to be in. Uh, I'm going to be in Minnesota. I'm going to be in Los Angeles. I'm going to be in Las Vegas. I've got three speeches coming up next week. Wow. And then I'm home for a little while, and I'm going to go down to Florida. Uh, Joe Namath has a golf tournament uh, that I'm going to play in in March. So I, I'm looking forward to getting out of. The, although it hasn't been really cold here in Boston, but. Uh, I'm looking forward to going down and participating in Joe's event and help raise some money for his charity. And then uh, we'll, we'll see what the month of April takes. But, you know, you take it each day at a time, and hopefully, like I said, today will be a fun day with the grandkids and a fun event tonight at Boston University. And hopefully I wake up tomorrow and uh, start a new day. Yeah, you will. You will. Mike Arruzzioni. Mike, I can't thank you enough. It was a pleasure to talk with you, to get to know you, to uh and and I can't thank you enough for for coming on the show and and well, because of all the busyness you've been going through and everything. Not a problem, sir. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Have a good day. You take care. Okay. Bye now. Thanks, Michael Ruzioni, captain of the 1980 gold medal winning Olympic team. God, it's really grounded. Sounds grounded. Unbelievable. That's why they won. Stay tuned. I want to thank Mike Aruzioni. Um, it's great. I just love talking with him, and uh, I thank him for taking time on a Saturday morning, especially with everything that's going on in his life right now, to come on the show and talk to us and talk about who he was. There's a story that I read this week that absolutely blew me away. I can't, I cannot believe that this wasn't already a law. Congress, the United States Congress, previously failed to pass anti-lynching legislation nearly 200 times, starting with a bill that was introduced in 1900. 65 years after 14-year-old Emmett Till was lynched in Mississippi, Congress has finally approved legislation designating lynching as a hate crime under federal law. What? What? 
So lynching was okay? The bill introduced by Illinois Rep. Bobby Rush and named after Emmett Till comes 120 years after Congress first considered anti-lynching legislation and after dozens of similar efforts were defeated. The measure was approved 410 to 4. Who's the 4 that voted against it? Is this that anti-lynching bill? Yeah. Yeah, when I saw that the other day, I was like, how in the whatever is it 2020 and we're finally just passing this bill? Yeah, I mean, who are the four that voted against it? How do you vote against anti-lynching legislation? What do you do? I don't know. So now, lynching is a federal hate crime and punishable by up to life in prison, a fine, or both. Now, was it not punishable by life in prison before? I guess not. Well, you could just go out and do it and then be like, oh, five years. Well, I think it was would be considered murder. What, Stephen? You got insight into this, I hope. Only if... Only if the person dies would it be murder. And a lot of times, if you look at a lot of these cases, they plea bargain it down. You might get a year, two years. I think people ought to do homicides. They get three or four or five years. There have been 4,000 lynching victims, and most of them African-Americans, obviously. Yeah. And, and wow. That's Congress good. don't work, Joe. <laughs> Maybe somebody put a rider on it or something. I'm not voting for that. Yeah, yeah. They stuck some pay, some. I yeah, don't know. I heard, I heard this week they wanted to put a rider on the coronavirus thing or something to to give money to corn farmers. Or I something. forget what it was, but it was something that you know they don't want to approve. So, wow, <laughs> this absolutely blows me away. But anyway, they finally did it. Lynching is a federal crime now. 65 years after a 14-year-old, Emmett Till, was lynched. Ah, it's absolutely incredible. Hey, when we come back, I want to take a deep breath. I want to give you my personal tribute to a very, very special young lady. We'll do that when we come back. You know, there are times in our life when in the busyness where something comes along and just rocks you to your soul. That just absolutely freezes time. That stops all the noise. And just brings it down to its basic elements of life. And that happened to me this Wednesday. Ayana color was wise beyond her years she had a deeper understanding of life than most people in their 30s likely because she understood that every day wasn't promised that life was a precious gift that should be grasped daily she was deep she was loving she was kind and fun She danced, she sang, she wrote poetry, 
She laughed, and she loved. Ayanna left the earth, this earth, to be with God on Tuesday. We can't, nor will we ever be able to wrap our minds around why a seven-year-old girl, seven-year-old child, is diagnosed with grade four neuroblastoma. Why, after five years of remission, it would come back with a fury in February of 2019, and why that child would pass away on February 25, 2020, at 13 years of age. I have known her father since he was a young man. I have seen him grow into an amazing, strong, and godly husband and father. Arlen Culler spoke two years ago at our Stark County All-County Football Banquet, and he was accompanied by Ayana. In 2015, Ayana was granted a wish by Cindy Morrow and Madeline Sweeney of Wishes Can Happen. The entire family went to Give Kids the World, where they enjoyed a three-day Disney hopper, a two-day Universal hopper, and SeaWorld. Every night in that wonderful place they visited, something magical happened. One night, the whole village was transformed into a winter wonderland where Mr. and Mrs. Claus came down the boulevard in a sleigh and gave a present to each and every one of the kids. It was a place where you could eat ice cream for breakfast and no one asked you, did you have your real breakfast yet? It was a place where kids came and where they come from all over the world that have been diagnosed with life-threatening illnesses to enjoy all the parks that made Florida famous. A place where they didn't have to feel different because their hair was gone from chemo. They were in a wheelchair or they had battle scars and they were visible. I thank God for this organization. The Colors are a a loving family. And my prayers go out to Ayana's mom, Leticia, her brothers, Christian and Bryson, and her sister, Anaya, along with Arlen. I know, I do know, that they all know where Ayana is today. Where is she? No doubt. She is dancing and singing with the angels. She is whole for the first time in years, not feeling any pain. She no longer needs to worry about treatments or if cancer will come back. She is whole once again, and I rejoice in that. I love Arlen Culler, and I love Ayana and Leticia and Christian and Bryson and Anaya. My prayer is that they have peace in knowing that their child and their sister packed a lifetime on earth into 13 years. And she now is continuing to live. As Arlen texted me the other day, I thought this was great, so poignant, so concise. Assignment well done 
and now with God. I would like to end this with Ayana's words from a poem she wrote not too long ago. I have a castle in me that lets me play. I have a rainbow in me that stretches happiness when I dance to music. I have a mirror in me that reflects joy. I have a fairy that brings me flowers when I wake up. I have a mask in me that hides worries, the worms of worry. I have a God in me that takes away my cancer and plants good news. I have a sun in me that shines when I wake up. I am going to let it shine. And she signed it by Ayana. Ayana Culler passed away this week after a long struggle. She did pack a total life into 13 years. And I have consolation in knowing that where she is and that she is whole. And uh, God bless her. And God bless the colors. You know, I think it's important when we look at the um, at the coronavirus that we understand that in today's I read you all those headlines, but in today's media, the today in today's twenty um, four hour news cycle, that often. You see this with hurricanes and things, that it's going to be like life deadly. It's going to be incredible. This thing is the biggest thing. You know, when when tornadoes warnings hit and, and all of a sudden the networks go to all of a sudden, you know, there's Mark Johnson and everybody and there's a whole crew and they're following every, look, there's a spiral. Look, there's this, there's that. <clears throat> and then it turns out to be, Nothing, and I'm not saying the coronavirus is nothing, but we also have to step back and say, let me look at this myself. Let's not jump at all the headlines. Let's not get hysterical about it. I'm not minimizing the impact that it is having, but... I also don't want to get people, and I don't think we want to, is get people hysterical that this, because I believe someone will come up with a vaccine. You know, there have been SARS in our life, if you remember. There have been other things like this in our life that we have a tendency to blow out of proportion. Again, that is not minimizing the people who have been sick, the thousands who have been sick, those who have died from this, and we need to make every effort to stop it. But I don't think it is anything that we need to panic over. And you have to take headlines and news stories with a grain of salt to a certain extent. 
because people do want to sensationalize things. So I think that's important to remember. Um, and, and WHBC, I will tell you this, will do everything possible because of Pam Cook, because of the people in this organization, to make sure that it is that you get the facts, but no more so that you can make wise decisions and decisions based on facts and not sensational headlines. Uh, it is 25 degrees out. When's it going to warm up? Tomorrow? Yeah, but then it'll get cold again, but it'll be March tomorrow. So, What's, what's the only day in the year that is actually a command? March 1st. No. No. Yeah, you March 1st. No, how about this one? March 4th. March 4th. They both are, though. No, March 1st isn't. No, you like March 1st. Well, March 4th. (laughs) It's a command. It is that. All right, John, I I want to bring this up in the time we have left right now. The NCAA is proposing a new... Who's on the phone? I didn't want you to have to put your headsets on and stuff, but go ahead. Um, It's someone that says they know who the four congressmen were that voted against the lynching. Oh, let me hear this. I'm going to hear it. Okay, Uh, go... Hi, who is this? uh, My name is Carl. Hi, Carl. Who voted against it? Republican Ted Yoho of Florida. Okay. Republican Louis Gohmert of Texas. Right. Republican Thomas Massey of Kentucky. Yep. And former Republican Justin Amash of Michigan. What is he former? What did he do? He he went and uh, went from Republican to Independent because he voted he voted for impeachment of the president. Okay. So so did they give a reason? No, they didn't. I think the one from Kentucky said something. I didn't read it, but I just Googled the four names, and you had mentioned that before as to your disdain as to who in the world would vote against that, but that's who it is. Wow, that's amazing. I don't know why they would vote against it. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, it blows me away. I want to find out why somebody would vote against lynching. Now, well, obviously, they they had some kind of problem with hate crime or something but i can't imagine that they would say no we think lynching is fine that's bizarre it, but thank it blows you. your mind in 2020 i agree thank you carl all right appreciate it man all right um john hmm. the ncaa tran- they propose a new transfer rule remember we had the transfer portal yeah now they're saying anybody can transfer one time and be eligible no matter what. That's what they're proposing. And and it has to come to a vote at the convention for all the but but they're they're saying that anybody anywhere anytime in, in especially in football and basketball, but any sport can transfer one time and and not sit out. 
I just, I, <clears throat> see, this is something that bothers me is the transferring that happens. Yeah. Because I, I think it's, I think it's starting to make its way down to the high school level now, too. Yeah. We're like, kids just think that, you know, well, I can transfer and, and immediately go play, or I can transfer and just be in a perfect situation. Yes. And it's like, and and I'm not trying to call anyone out here, but there is one kid that comes to mind that was at Bookta last year. He was a star basketball player. He was a freshman. And he transferred this offseason. He's playing, but he, he transferred to Western Reserve Academy in Why? Hudson. Because he did. Okay. And, and And it bothers me because... There was a video put out of him the other day that he scored 50 points in a game. Wow. But the thing is, is that I don't think Western Reserve Academy is eligible to play in the postseason. I don't know if they are now. Like under OHSA guidelines, which again, you know, I mean, OHSA guidelines. But, you know, it, it, it got me because it's like, why would you transfer from a public school where you've had the ability to take them in your freshman year to the final four. Well, maybe it was more than basketball, though. Maybe it was academics. Could be. I mean, his fam- maybe his family wanted him to have a better education. It could be or that. Or felt that it would be better. It could be that. I-, I guess I'm just, I'm one that any time there's an opportunity for a kid to stay at the school that he started at, here's I-, the- I want them to do that. Here's the difference between high school and college, though. College is doing it, these kids are doing it for one reason, sports. Sure. The sport that they participate in. They see it as an opportunity. I'm buried in the depth chart. I'm this, that. Um, I'm going to go somewhere else where I'm going to be able to play. I heard an interview today. I was listening to the NFL Network driving in, and they were interviewing a young man from Alabama who who has been there two or three years. He's at the Combine right now. He's going to be a high draft pick. And he was talking about, it it was telling to me because he never spoke about Alabama as an academic institution. All he talked about was, Alabama. I came here to play football. He actually said that. I came here to play football. And and that is telling to me because when you combine that with now the fact that you could transfer that they want to be able to allow kids to transfer. Now, I agree with if a kid if a coach leaves, a coach who recruited you and he takes off and goes somewhere else, I you know, I, Yeah, I have no problem with that. Yeah. Cuz I mean then you've lost the relationship that got you in the door. Bingo. So changes things. But I would also say this, that because of how much times have changed, like when you were at Iowa State. You never thought of training. I mean, you would have never thought of leaving the school. No. You know what I mean? Because, of course, nobody left early either. Sure. Well, and that's the big difference is that, you know, and, and I don't know. I mean, people can fall where they want to on the, you know, you have to play two years. You have to do this. You have to do, you know, other things. But I still think that there is there is a beneficial thing to these kids playing a couple years in college. Well, here's the other part of this whole thing. I agree with you 100%. I, 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 I think, think they should play the whole time. I, I think the, the pro sports should say, we're going to get you after you graduate. 
Because I think then, I think this is why you run into the problem, and I could be wrong about this, but I think this is why you have guys like a Lamar Jackson, like, and I'm not saying that he had a bad year last year because he was great, but I think he's going to have a bad year this coming year. You don't know that, though. I think he may, though. And the reason that I say that is because the way these quarterbacks come out so early, they haven't had a chance to have their growing pains. You know, they they've played a year of college. They played two years of college. They've reached a pinnacle in college, and they're like, well, I can't get any further, so let me go to the NFL. They have one great year in the NFL, and then you run into a situation like Derek Carr now, yeah. you know, who's with Oakland, and he had, like, one bad year. Here's, here's, and, and people write them off. Here's the problem I see in it. Take the, take the MAC conference, the, the, the group of five, not the power five. Mm-hmm. Take the group of five. You get a great player in, like, uh, Khalil Mack sure. at Buffalo. And he's allowed to transfer one time. And you develop that young man. No one recruits him except Buffalo. And he goes to Buffalo, and he has a great game against Ohio State. Which he did. And he decides to transfer the next year to Alabama because those schools start recruiting him on campus. They start saying, because now you're allowed to transfer. What happens to the group of five? What happens to the Akron's, the Buffalo's, the Kent's, when they have a great player, when they have a Dwight Smith or a uh, uh, Jason Taylor, and all of a sudden those kids, he has a great game against Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech recruits them yeah, away. Yeah, they say, come on down. Yeah. Well, and, and if you're Akron this coming year, you go to Clemson. Yeah. If somebody at Akron this year, Clemson, you know, I mean. Has a great game. Has a great game. What's to say that Dabo Sweeney doesn't send his posse over and say, hey, you'd look a lot better in the orange. Or he greets the kid at the end of the game and says, yeah. I mean, there's and, and that's the thing is that there's nothing against that. And because you have this this transfer rule now, it's going to open the door to, like, kids can just transfer whenever they want to. Well, most coaches are against it. Todd Berry's against it. A lot of Sonny Dykes, uh, uh, you know, you go into Nick Saban, all of them are against it. The players are all for it. It's funny because they fall on either side. The players are for it, but the coaches are absolutely against it. So I don't know if it's going to get voted in. I just want to see, and this is a problem I think college-wide, and and last thought here, but I I just think that I would like to see players stay longer. I think it would help the game of of college sports, and I think it would help them to get more prepared for the pros. I really do. it's, It's not going to happen because the money is too great, and the NCAA is kowtowing to the pro sports, and... I mean, basically, you're a pro when you get to college at most of the Division One schools anyway, so you're already a pro. But that's why you have second-rate football like the XFL, too. It's a good point. When we come back, all you people on Medicare, we are back, and it is time again. Open enrollment time. You know, I got to tell you, my sister is turning 65 mm-hmm. in June. I go over my mom's once, twice a week, and I have to open mail after mail after mail of get into this, this Medicare, this Medicare, this. And I keep telling my mom, throw this away. Stacy is coming, mm-hmm. and she will tell Gina what to get into. That's right. Let's just keep throwing it. Well, what about, and then she asked me about, and then mom gets it. Then I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I get it. Um, and so all this stuff comes in, and it's like it all looks good. And it all looks like, oh, this is what I need. 
And then I just keep stepping back and saying, when I'm ready for it, I'll talk to Stacy. Stacy King is with Boast Benefits. I finally got this right yeah. after like three interviews. Yeah, Boast. Benefits with that the matter most. most. Benefits <laughs> that matter most. Boast. So this is an opportunity for you. I, I do this because I, first of all, I trust Stacy. Uh, I know she's in it for the right reasons. And secondly, this is an opportunity for you to ask some questions and to understand what you might need. And so the number is 330-450-1480. And we do have a caller already, Stacy. Okay. Um, let's take it. This is Bob. Bob, what's up? Hi, Joe. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, uh, just a quick question for Stacy. Uh, my parents are both in their 90s, and they both recently moved to an independent living center. And what's the easiest way for them to change their contact information with Medicare? Can they just go online, or can I help them do that, or do they have to do something else? Yeah, you can go to Medicare.gov, and it will give you a 1-800 number and you can um, tell them that they have changed their address. Yeah, but don't you hate calling those 800 I, numbers? You're like, I was going to say, I'm just sorry, I was going to say, is there a way to register accounts online and do that without calling? Because that is a nightmare, like Joe said. You can create an account on Medicare.gov, and it will allow you to create an account. So you can create an account for them. And change their address? Yes. Okay. And, Bob, I will tell you, I did that for my sister, and it was pretty easy. Oh, you called? No, I I actually did okay. it online, like like Stacy's yeah. saying. You can I'd, go I'd there. Much and... rather, yeah, I'd much rather do that. If yeah, could. yeah. You can create an account on Medicare.gov. They just redid the whole website last year, but it is fairly simple to navigate. Very good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Bob. Bye. All right. That that's an interesting question because everybody's a. I don't like calling any government agency. Mm -hmm. And so you want to be able to have it where you could control it and, and yeah. all those things. Yeah, and hopefully he's the power of attorney because they won't, you know, let him give you know, any they... information out about your parents unless your parents are present. Oh, okay. And then they grant permission right. to do that. Wow, his parents are both in their 90s. Yeah, that's awesome. I know, that yeah. is awesome. So what is, how long is open enrollment? Open enrollment is from January 1st to March 31st. But it's only to switch from a Med Advantage plan to another Med Advantage plan. Med so if Advantage you're not on what? the, that's um, there's there's Med Supplement plans and there's Med Advantage plans. So if you're on a Med Advantage plan, it combines A, B, and D for your drugs to make Part C. And there are in Stark County, there's 66 different Med Advantage plans to be on. Wow. Yeah. So that's why it's good to have a Medicare advisor so that you can help 66? them figure out which plan they need. Yeah, 66. Now, is each different? Well, they're all similar in the structure of what benefits they provide. But they're all basically, they, they all have, you know, a max out-of-pocket, a hospital, co-pays, and things of that nature. So they're all structured the same but they offer different benefits. So what's important is your medicine and your doctors. Right. You have to stay in network. So that's what's important. You have to know what plan to be on 
based on your medicine how do and you your doctors. Find, how does one person find that? Well, you have to go online and, and go to each website and find the doctors if they're in network or out of network. Because you don't want to go on a plan if your doctor's not in network. Then you have to pay out of pocket. That's like doing research for a term paper or something. Yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah. Do you know that? But, those? you know, when you save money and people give me a hug, it's it's worth it. Well, I think more important, than, I mean, saving money is, is important. Right. But having the right plan oh, absolutely. is crucial. Crucial. You got to have the right benefits. If you want dental care, you have to make sure what plan you're on. If you want hearing aids, if you want home health help in your home, there are certain plans that offer different benefits. I don't know. If you're a veteran, there are certain plans that really, really help the veteran. Okay. And if you're low income, have you applied for low income subsidy? You can do it 10 minutes online. I help multiple people. And then in two weeks, you find out if you get help with your prescriptions, with your Part B coverage. You don't have to go to an agency, to an office or anything to do that. You could do it all online. You can do it all online. Stephen, do you have a question? Or somebody have a question? Or are they just talking? Somebody wanted a contest, I think, or something. It was a question, something about your show, and I told them where they could get it on the podcast after the show. Okay, good. Yeah, it was from earlier. All right. Probably Michael Ruzioni. Oh, it was about, uh, okay. And whatever. Thank you. Yeah. I'm sorry, Steve. Oh, that's okay. I, was, I, I, was, I, I can't follow your show. I can't follow it either. The, the, no, I mean, I was crying on the way here, and now I have to talk about Medicare. Well, I think it's important that we, I mean, it's all part of life. Life that's right. is Life has ups and downs, and, and I, I, um, I, I love Arlen Culler, so that, mm -hmm. and I loved Ayana. I met her multiple times and just mm -hmm. fell in love with her. So that, yeah, that has that life does go oh, on. I, yeah, I mean that's why your show's so popular. People love your heart. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And and that's why I, the same vein. That's why I, you're here. That's why I like you coming because I know your heart and people know your heart. And that is important. Everybody that that I endorse I believe in a hundred percent everybody that uh, I like having on the show I have on because they 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 have a passion and they're real and and that is and I'm not here to this is this is not blowing smoke but that's why I love you being on here because I know that your interest is for the people that you serve more mm -hmm. primarily. Now, when I look at at when can you actually get on Medicare? Is that during is that any time? Yeah. When you turn 65, there's a 7-month window. So you can sign up 3 months before your birthday, the month of your birthday and 3 months after your birthday. And but what, it's always wise to sign up before your birthday. Okay, so if I I signed up, but I'm not using it, so it goes away. What What do you mean you signed up, but you're not? Oh, you're on, You're automatically entitled to Part A because you worked 40 quarters of your life. You're an American citizen. Okay. Okay? So you probably have a card that has Part A in it. Right. If and you're I still declined working, Part yeah, B. Yeah, you declined Part B, so you're not paying it yet. 
Right. But when you come off of your credible group coverage, then you sign up for Part B and you get on a Medicare plan. Now, they were charging me quite a bit per month. Well, that's because you you make a ton of money, Joe. It's based on your income. (laughs) Is it really? Yes, yes. Part B is based on your income. The average Joe Schmo pays $144.60 a month. For unlimited? For Part B. All right. That's your that's your doctor visits and all your outpatients. What about drugs? What's drugs that? is D, and it depends on what plan you're on because there's different plans with and, different costs. And they, and it's income based. Yeah, part part B is income based. That's correct. Part so, B is. Part B, correct. But part B D is, in is boy. not. No, part D is not. If you're on a supplement plan, you have to have part D. That's how I got a lot of clients from the last show because people didn't have part D and now they have to pay a penalty. But thank God they signed up when they did because their penalty would have just kept growing. Why do you have a, why do you have a penalty? It's the law. It's uh, yeah, it's the law. So if you don't get part D, you pay a penalty. Correct. If you, if you're out there and you just have original Medicare and you don't have a drug plan, you, you're going to be penalized because you need a drug plan. That's why you should just get on a Med Advantage plan for a zero premium that includes drugs. Wow. Okay. All right, we're going to go to Grace. Grace has got a call. Grace, how are you? Pretty good, except for getting a little irritated listening to this because everything is get online, get online. What if you don't have a computer to get online? Very good point. That's a very good question, Grace, and I, I love... Your name, Grace. Thank you. <laughs> I have two great-granddaughters that their middle names are Grace. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Little that... babies. <laughs> well, Grace, you need to come to my office in North Canton. Okay. And I will help you do whatever you need done. Okay? Are you okay. Are you able to do that, Grace? To go to North Canton? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or I can come to your house, Grace, just like I went to Joe's mom's house. She did. No, we're 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 capable yet. Hopefully for a little while yet. Good. Okay. Good for you, Grace. Okay. All St- right. Thanks. You all have a good day. You have a great one, and don't be irritated. Okay. Right. Hey, Grace. I try to give people peace of mind when they leave. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Right. Uh, bye bye. Bye. So, where are you located? We are at nine two five South Main Street in North Canton, on the corner of South Main and Glenwood. Okay. I always relate places to ice cream, so we're just diagonal from Pabs. What's Pabs? Pabs Creamery. Joe. I've never been there. You need to go to Pabs. Well, I don't eat dairy anymore. Oh, that's right. Okay. Well, we're we're down the street from El Rincon. Okay. Well, I could yeah. go there. See. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's laughing. Tim King, by the way, uh, is here, and a, a gentleman that I absolutely love. Um, he and Stacy. Um, okay, so people could come to your office, but yeah. you go and meet people also. Yes, that's correct. Before I, before we, um, I, I want to keep talking, but how do we only have three minutes? I skipped a break. I do that all the time. It's okay. How do people reach you? I'm going to give you my cell number, okay? Yep. It's 330 
265-3670. Stephen, can we post this on online? On the podcast? When, what is it again? It's Stacy 330-265-3670. So, Grace, you can call Stacy, and you could set up a time, and you could figure out the people don't have my mom doesn't have a computer she yeah. can't work a computer no i'll help her i have a computer i know mm-hmm. and the, you you've got to also help my sister coming up in i May. will thank you yes i will and me someday i will joe <laughs> i need more help than all of them <laughs> she, she said after listening to the 1980 hockey thing that she's going to the studio to have a good hockey fight with joe oh good <laughs> good I know, I, I just, um, people go through this. Is it, why is it so complicated? I, I wish I knew. Anytime I mean, the government does anything, yeah, it's complicated. I, that's true. That is true. But. Now, now, I've got, a, I've got another question for you. And okay. this, is, this is, when you talk about Medicare, you talk about Social Security, too. You talk about, and I don't know, maybe I'm getting off track here, but I've been getting calls lately and jim michaels just did a story about social security and medicare fraud that people are calling and saying you're it's yeah. been canceled yeah you should never talk to anybody on the phone first of all people aren't allowed to call people about medicare i got a call i've been getting multiple calls saying my social security number has been canceled yeah no and i need to call this number because it's been canceled, and I have to call to get it reinstated. Don't do it. I haven't. Mm-mm. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. So, but, but I mean, these, so no one could give you a call on Medicare. I had a guy call me last week, and he said, I did a seminar at their church. I try to do a lot of church seminars to help people. And he said, Stacy, I got a call from a guy that said there was only a certain time to come off of my group coverage. Is that true? And I said, well, there's two things wrong with what you just said. First of all, nobody should call you about Medicare unless you signed a written consent form for permission to contact. Did you d- sign that to t- talk to that gentleman? He said no. So that's noncompliant. So it's not happening. It's not happening. And second of all, there's not a certain time you can come off of group coverage. You can come off of group coverage at any time, and you're in what's called a special election period. So there's no special time that you can come off of your group coverage. You can do it whenever you want to, as long as you've signed up for Part B. And you sign up for Part B automatically. You can no Part no, B. No, you have, you have to, to, sign. to sign up for that. You can do it on SSA.gov, or you can go to the Social Security office, make an appointment first, so you don't have to wait in line, and they'll help you. But it is just one form to fill out. It's really easy, and I help people do it all the time. Okay. How how do you, um, well, we have to go to break, don't we? Stephen's giving me the evil. Okay, eye. we're going to go to break. We have we have news and sports, and then we'll finish up um, with Stacy King. And it's your opportunity to call. By the way, questions you have, like Bob and Grace and everybody else who might have questions about Medicare. This is your time to get those questions answered. 330-450-1480. We'll be right back. We are continuing with Stacy King. 
from Boast Benefits. And uh, Stacy, we were talking during the break, and this is crucial. This is the most important thing. Older people, my generation, and even older, my mother, they came from a point, we came from a point where doors were open, you never locked your door, you never, you didn't worry about it, um, came from a point of trusting, mm-hmm. trusting everyone. And so my mother gets calls and says, Joe, I'm in a mess. Some guy called and he did, said this. And I'll say, Mom, that, that's, I know enough, but, but I still trust I got taken for $200 because someone texted me and I thought it was my cousin Marcy. And she said, I need, I'm, I'm traveling and I need this money. And I, and, and she actually, it actually said Marcy and it was a text to me. Mm. And can you please go and get a $200 gift certificate at, um, at Amazon and get it to me? And I did. I did. Mm. How stupid am I? And everybody kept telling me I was stupid, but it was like I was doing this. I thought it was Marcy. Mm-hmm. I thought it was my cousin. Mm-hmm. And, and and so I I got taken. I can understand how older people, how how our generation who trusted so much, can't get wrap our arms around these people getting us but Mm -hmm. medicare social security are two areas that are the prime targets yeah how do you how does one i mean if you give any advice to to all of us is it to not do not answer anything or how do you know there's, there's a lot. I could answer that question in an hour, but I always tell people in my seminars that we have to be AHIP certified, okay, American Health Insurance. We have to be AHIP certified, and we have to be certified with all these carriers. And people will just say, we're from Medicare, or I'm from this agency or this agency, and if they did not sign a piece of paper granting permission for someone to call them, they should not talk to anybody on the phone or at their door. Or I've had people come at, at, to the to the high rise on Fifth Street, and a lady said some man came and he told me I needed to do this with Medicare, and all he needed was my Medicare number and my date of birth. Wow. Well, I I turned him in you know, to the to the local agency, but I don't know if anything happened. All she had was his name. So you should never, ever, and I always encourage people, if you come to my office or if I come to your house, I want your kids there. I want your kids there to know that I'm putting their mom or dad on the best plan, and I want their approval too. I've had a lot of, I say kids, but you yeah. know, I've had a lot of- I'm um, a kid. Yeah, you're a kid. I've had a lot of them come with me. I mean, me. I do have them. And I, I encourage that because I want them to know and them to have peace of mind that I'm not, that's not a scam. Yeah, that's how I felt when you came to the house and you talked to my mom and went through all that. And it was important that I was there to kind of interpret some of the things. Right. But I, I why would anyone, 
and and I'm not. This isn't a sales thing. I'm not trying to push. Uh, I I believe in what you're doing, but in my mind, why would anyone not have an advisor, a certified advisor, because it doesn't cost anything. No, it doesn't not cost anything. So how how would why would I go online or call and go through all that myself and not get an advisor like you to walk me through the whole thing and make sure I'm getting the right policy? Why why would you do that? People people trust people and um well, they trust themselves, I guess, to go online and fill, fill it out, well, but, yeah. but, but we, they could just call an advisor yeah. like you. Our friend was turning 65 and he went on and signed himself up for a plan and didn't check any of his medicine. And he ended up spending like 200 more dollars a month because he didn't go through all of his medicine and make sure all of his medicine was covered. But he thought he could do it himself. He was too prideful to even ask for help. We all are. Yeah. We, we we all think we we know that now stacy's going to be here for a couple more minutes so if you have a call if you have a question 330-450-1480 otherwise uh, we will post on the podcast on on the stacy's number her name um again they could give you a call at, at what number stacy 330 330- Two six five three six seven zero and my email, which I have a lot of information at the bottom of my email. If you email me, I'll send you an email back. It's s king at boastbenefits.com and boast is b o s t s king at boastbenefits.com. Okay, and and we are. Uh... You know we're get we're getting close to time, and I I just wanted to, first of all, thank you for all you do. Um, I know you're doing this for the right reasons, and that's crucial. Um, I I don't think I I think it's just very simple to me. It's very simple. Once I found out, first of all, I didn't even know people like you existed until I met you. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. Yeah, well, I didn't know there don't. were people out there that would advise me on Medicare and not charge me for it. Right. And just be there to advise and get us on the right plan. When you came over to my mom's and you talked and you're going to come back for Gina, my sister, um, it was unbelievable to me. First of all, that you'd drive that far to do it. <laughs> Secondly, that, that you'd... No, there's. Is there a one eight hundred number? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead I have and a get card. any card. Pick look. a card. Any card. One of mine. Yeah. Hold on. A hold second. on. We're getting Tim. Tim is like the assistant. I never di- dial. Tim it, King, so I don't by know. the way, Thank is you, Tim. unbelievable counselor, and <laughs> uh, just a, just a really good good man, good friend. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. You you said uh, Stacy. You know, uh, made made you feel at peace when she was at your house with your mom. Yeah. You know, Medicare is so complicated that people are going to forget what Stacy says. Uh, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you make them feel. 
And Stacy's that's so true. And Stacy's goal is to make the people feel a peace of mind when she leaves their presence. And that is uh, speaking in your line of work. That is crucial. That is yeah. peace of mind. <laughs> Tim Absolutely. always says people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's so true. So you you have to have a genuine care for people. I love the geriatric population. So not that you're geriatric, Joe. When is but geriatric? I, do. I, I I don't know. Maybe sixty five. Well, I'm I don't geriatric. Know. You though. are. Okay. Here's my don't one, say that. Here's my one eight hundred number. All right. It's it's actually not eight hundred. It's eight seven seven. Two eight three seventy six hundred extension one six six. There you go. So now you have the eight hundred number. All right, this will all be posted on the podcast too, so you could go on there and find it. Stacy, thank you so much. Thank Stacey you, Stacy King from Boast Benefits. Um, I, I thank you for all you do for what you do. I know you're in it for the right reasons, and I thank you for taking time on a Saturday morning to come in here answer people's questions and and let them know that a person like you actually exists in this world to help us get through this complicated Medicare thing. And more and more people, obviously, our population is aging. Like 10,000 every day turn Medicare eligible. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 10,000 a day. I -hmm. did it. I did it two years ago. Yeah. I can't believe I'm two years away from that. I'm geriatric. You, you just told you me that. You just though. called me. You don't that. look though. You don't look geriatric because you take care of yourself. Yeah, but I'm geriatric mm-hmm. nonetheless. Mm-hmm. I love when you have her on the show, Joe, because I always let her take me out for breakfast afterwards. Oh, That's good. Right. Yeah. You know, I got to tell you, I'm not going to make a. Uh, this is a commercial, but I went to. Uh, I had breakfast the other day. Met a gentleman from Iowa State University, by the way, um, at. Um, first watch. Great place. That's where you should go. Yeah. I'm not, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that because there's Samantha's, there's great breakfast places. Yeah. But that was a, an experience. You'd have to go to Cleveland usually to go to first watch. But they're here now. Now they're here. Yeah. So that's, it's up to you. I'm just saying that's, that's where I. That sounds good. All right. That's where you're going. Yep. Okay, good. It's a date. It's a date. That's a deal. I think I'll join you. Okay, come No, on. I won't. I can't. Tim will buy. <laughs> All right, you have a great All right, one. Thank and you. I thank you again. Stacy King from Boast Benefits. The number will be posted on the podcast, the, the email, the 800 number, all that. Uh, don't go through Medicare yourself. Get an advisor. Get Stacy. I'll talk to you. We'll be right back. Live and local, all morning long, here on 1480 WHBC. Hey, the Roadman Kenny Rhoda here, and the Cleveland Auto Show is here, and that means bigger savings at Wakeham Subaru. You can lease the 2020 Subaru Impreza for just $199 a month with zero due at signing, or the 2020 Subaru Forester, just $299 a month, zero due at signing. Both Subarus come with all-wheel drive, plus great availability safety features like forward collision warning, adaptive cruise control, and lane departure warning. The Auto Show is a great time to get a new Subaru, and Wakeham Subaru is the perfect place to drive one home. New Imprezas, $199 a month, new Ford. 
Foresters, $2.99 a month. Both zero do it signing. Wakem Subaru is your local Stark County dealer. 75 years in business and an A-plus rating with a better business bureau. See all the auto show offers at WakemSubaru.com or stop into their showroom today. West Tuscan Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin. Do what I did and save the Wakem way at Wakem Subaru. 36-month lease, zero do it signing, plus tax, title, and dock fees. 10,000 miles per year, 20 cents every mile thereafter. No security deposit required. Connect to this radio station from all across the country. Take us to the gym. Shopping. How about a road trip? Listen to us now on the free iHeartRadio app. You'll never miss a moment with your favorite radio station. Download the free iHeartRadio app and search for this station so we can go wherever you want us to. Get your phone fingers ready. It's contest time. Call 330-450-1480. I couldn't get my headsets on. They were all crooked. Oh, now everybody's calling. Oh, because it's contest time. Um, you're going to win a two a pair of tickets to the KSU Tusk Performing Arts Center Finding Neverland. This is a great prize. It's a great prize. And we're going to go to caller number one. What's your name? Oh. Who was that? Oh, they were probably not calling about the contest. Call, what's your name, please? Yeah, how about that? How's Joe today? Joe is wonderful. Okay. Who, who is this? This is Dennis. Dennis, how are you, Dennis? Oh, pretty well. Good, Dennis. Are you calling for the contest? Yep. Oh, you're the man. Thank you so much. Um, all right, you have the answers. Yep. Okay, I'm giving you the questions. Leap year was introduced in 46 B.C. by what Roman emperor? Julius Caesar. Yes. Julius Caesar, you're brilliant. In Hong Kong, the legal birthday of a leap day baby is what date? March the 1st. Yep. They don't even, they, they move it automatically to March 1st. Yeah. So that way you don't have a birthday every four years. What right. What year does the next leap day fall on? 2024. You are brilliant, Dennis. Thank right. you. I, um, I'm going to put you on hold. Stephen's, Stephen's going to get your information. And then you have to remember this date, March 10th. Okay. At 7.30 p.m. At the yeah, K- I, wrote, I wrote that down. Okay. You're going to go, and the tickets will be in your name at the will call, and you'll be able to pick them up there when you go. Oh, I, th- oh, I don't have to come into the station, huh? No, you don't have to come into the station. You just go to the event, and they'll be at will call with your oh, name okay. on them. But, I have to, right. but I'm going to put you on hold so Stephen can get all your information. Okay. Have a, right. have a great day. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Oh, I hung up on him. Then I hung up on you. I tried to hit hold and I hit drop. Please call back. Please call back. I'm sorry I hung up on you. I will immediately put you on hold. I've done that too many times, Stephen. I'm such a goof. Um, I wanted to get into leap day. Call back, please, Dennis. Dennis, that was Dennis, right? I want him to call back. Ray, I don't know if he realizes he's off yet. 
I hope. But anyway, you know leap day and leap year, do you know there's a scientific basis behind that? Do you know that our calendars would be completely off, out of whack? You knew that, Stephen? Come on. I didn't know it. Yeah, it's because the Earth rotates at a certain certain thing, and you end up with a part of a day every year, so they have to add them all up. That's all right. Dennis there. I'll get him. All right, you'll get Dennis. I'm sure that's Dennis. You'll put it, you'll take, all right. Here's what, it, here's how it works. The combined effects of the Earth's axial rotation and the orbital revolution gives an uneven number of days in a year. Now, this is how it works. We're getting into fun stuff now. If you do the math, you end up figuring out that there are actually 365.242188931 days in a true calendar year. That's not an even number, obviously. And if you had 365 days in each year, each, each passing century would throw our calendar out of whack by almost a full month in 100 years. So... Leap year is actually every four years. If we didn't have that, it would it would mess up everything. So people were brilliant. Julius Caesar, all these people that went from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian, Gregorian calendar actually came up with this idea and said, hey, look, this was back centuries ago. It's throwing everything off. So we have to add one day a year every four years to keep our calendar in line. And that's why they did it. Now, the other thing that they came up with was it's every four years unless, unless, it's also divisible by 100, but not 400. So it means 2004, 2008, 2012, 2016, 2020, 2024, because they're all divisible by four. But if your year marks the turn of a century, it's only a leap year if it's also divisible by 400. So the year 2000 was a leap year, but 1900 wasn't, and 2100 won't be a leap year. Does this all make sense? No. If we excluded every year that's divisible by 3200, it would be 700,000 years would pass. But right now, right now, if you look at this, the reason we have the leap year is to keep everything in line. Or else we would have our holidays all messed up. We would have everything messed up. And they came up with leap year and leap day. I think it's brilliant. In four million years, four million years from now, leap year will not be necessary. Why? Because... 
our rotation slows down, our revolution around the sun slows down, and it's been slowing down. So they predict in 4 million years, we won't have leap year. That'd be interesting. Have to come up with a different calendar then. I don't think I'll be around to see that. I want to thank uh, Stacy King so much for coming in. I want to thank Mike Aruzioni for taking time out of his busy day to talk to us about the Olympics and the gold medal and that team. I want to thank John Bazika with the news. The docile tones of Jim Michaels in the news and Stephen Potter for keeping me in line. Have a great week, everybody. Make something great happen. I'll talk to you next Saturday.